welcome. It's the Independence Gang. I'm your host, JV, along with co-host. It should be Brick Griffith, but instead we've got some article up there. I know he's hiding behind that article. Oh, there he is. There's uh, Britt Griffith and his smiling face and his wonderful T-shirt. What's the shirt say today, Britt? I am... 1,776% sure. That you're not taking my damn guns. <laughs> oh, nice. I love it. I love that. Uh, and we've got two great uh, guest panelists tonight. We've got Jeff uh, and Trish, both from Florida, which is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, we're free Florida. Yeah, f- the free state of Florida with the great governor, Ron DeSantis, who continues to do wonderful things. I just wish they were national policies and not just uh, limited to the state of Florida. But, but Trish, he keeps getting heat about everything. They tried to pin this whole uh, disaster, which is just a real tragedy, uh, just north of yeah. Miami on Miami on on DeSantis not responding properly or something. They'll, they'll try to pin him with anything, won't they? Yeah. No, they made this horrible excuse about him not contacting FEMA fast enough. And it's like, you know, there is a natural order that the city has to say something and then the county and then the state. People don't seem to understand that there is a rule of order. And fe- what is FEMA going to do? Yeah, right. Exactly. Come on. Yeah. Uh, anything they can find, and they always get uh, egg on their face after they go down that road, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, Britt, an interesting thing happened to us tonight. Uh, you know, we talk often about uh, tech censorship. You're constantly screaming that one of these days our folks are going to look for us here and we're not going to be here. We are going to be exiled from uh, the channels that we're currently broadcasting on. Well, tonight, as you know, we're broadcasting and streaming live on Twitch as well as YouTube. Uh, tonight I named the program. Uh, what did I say? It's it's something like anti-Americans on the U.S. Olympic team, etc. YouTube took that name, no problem. I put that name into Twitch. It would not allow me to title the program that for tonight. Now, when I first did it, I didn't know which of the words was the offending word. It turns out anti-American was the offending word. I replaced it with craziness on the Olympic team, and it worked just fine. I find that interesting. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if they're censoring the anti-American because they don't want you to talk about people like this uh, athlete, Barry, or if maybe they're doing it for more more altruistic re- reasons and they don't want people no, to be using anti-American language. What do you think? No, 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 no. There's no altru- altru- uh, whatever that word is. Say that word for me. Altruistic. Altru- Altruistic. There's no altruisticness from Twitch or any, or any of these left wing leaning uh, or running uh, uh, companies. No, Twitch is Twitch is notoriously notoriously uh, left wing, and they do ban a lot of conservatives and run them off the platforms and whatnot. They're just as bad as the big as Google slash YouTube. Um, and no, th- anytime someone's putting anti-American, that's basically coming from a right, mostly a conservative person. So just ban the word. Just ban. Again, more censorship. How we are allowing this to happen is beyond me. I swear to God, if I like, like if the owner of Twitch moved in next to me, or a manager at Twitch moved in next to me, or was in my circle of friends, I would shame the shit out of them. If one of my family members owned one of these companies and they were a CEO level type person making these decisions, I would say everybody's invited to Christmas dinner except you. Well, what am I not? You are anti. You are the death of this country, which gives me the ability to have this Christmas dinner. So screw you. Go away, Uncle George or whoever. Um, I have a I have a stepfather who is extremely liberal. I do not invite him to anything. I draw the line. Shame them because he's in control of a company and he does he makes his his he only hires people that think like him, uh, political wise. I mean, but, literally. 
Jeff, when you have tech monopolies that are basically determining what's acceptable and what's not in public discourse, you really don't have much of a democracy because those tech monopolies have become the public square. They have pushed all other media, for the most part, out of existence. You know, how many towns lost their newspapers? Almost all of them. And uh, they've become the public square. And now they're determining what's appropriate discourse and what isn't. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, there's no newspapers anymore. We used to have a newspaper every day, you know, we read the newspaper, you know, even at work. And uh, now if you control three quarters of the media, um, guess what? They're going to just say whatever you want them to say because you you own the media. And then and it goes so far as to like products that, uh, you know, that, that are sponsoring this media. They're, if, you know, we're going to we're going to cancel you, too, if you don't if you don't think the way we think at Coca-Cola or whatever it is. Yeah, Trish, my pillow um, has been taken out of stores. They uh, have been uh, unable to advertise in some of the places they traditionally advertised in, all because Mike Lindell is a Trump supporter. Uh, yeah, well, the good news is is that that kind of backfired on them because I just ordered a new dog bed, and guess what? It's taken it a long time to get here, and I couldn't order the sheets I wanted because they're all out of stock. <laughs> So, you know, keep doing it because the more you bring his name to the forefront, the more people are going to buy from him. The more people like us are going to go out and say, well, then we're going to support him. Right. Let's talk. Uh, and let me yeah, tell you, his sheets, his sheets are amazing. I mean, it's this little sticker shot. Britt, 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 they, what are you doing in his sheets? Oh, you know, that that five, that 600-thread count or 800-thread count, whatever that Gaza cotton is. <laughs> okay, all right, you missed. All right. It's amazing. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> all right. All right. Let's talk about this uh Let's talk about this athlete, uh, this uh, hammer thrower, Gwen Berry. Representative Dan Crenshaw from Texas is calling for Gwen Berry to be removed from the U.S. Olympic team after she turned her back on the American flag and covered her face with a shirt that said activist athlete during the a playing of the national anthem in which she happened to be on the podium. She was the third place winner on the podium. There were two other Ladies on the podium with her, one was the first place, one was the second place. They put their hands over their heart, faced the flag, and appreciated the anthem. But uh, Gwen Berry turned away and uh, looked visibly angry and then ended up putting this shirt on her head, which said, uh, activist athlete. What should happen, Trish, to an, an athlete that is supposed to be representing the United States and all of its citizens in a in an international competition with the profile of the Olympics, what should happen to someone like that? Well, there's that side of me that would say, you know, yanker. But then there's the other side that says, don't let her go because Japan has made it abundantly clear that they're not going to tolerate that kind of crap. So let her go. Let her go and embarrass herself in front of everyone. Like, I mean, I, I support her First Amendment right to be an idiot. If that's what she wants to do, then that's fine. You know, I, I read that she said that she felt she got blindsided, that she was set up. And I, I saw a wonderful comment on Twitter of a guy who said, yeah, yeah, they were playing that for the winner, not for the third place bronze person. <laughs> and, I, and I kind of went, okay. Like that. He's got a point. <laughs> that is awesome. Jeff Crenshaw also said, we don't need any more activist athletes. He was talking on the uh, Fox News Channel show, Fox and Friends. He said she should be removed from the team. The entire point of the Olympic team is to represent the United States of America. That is the entire Point. Do you agree with Trish? Let her make a fool of herself, or should she be taken off the team? Um, I kind of tend to lean towards what Trish is saying. I mean, she's already on the team, um, and I think uh, what, what these people are, should be should be told by the team is, you know, you will not disrespect America, or you're not going to be on the team to begin with. 
and you know try not to make this you know your podium to stand up in there and uh you know put your beliefs out there you, you you respect the flag you respect the country that's why you're on the team you should know that from the beginning yeah she wants to make a fool out of herself it's a shame but i mean i don't like it but you know there it is yeah, I mean, one of the things, Britt, is that uh, some of these athletes who have done similar things, what's what's the soccer girl's name? Rapinoe? Is that the right name? Is it Rapinoe? Yeah. Uh, Megan. Megan Rapinoe. You've Megan. got, you've got uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick. You've got these, these uh, high-profile athletes who have who demonstrated these protests in, in other ways. They're ending up with Nike contracts. They're ending up with, well, in the case of Rapinoe, she's doing a Subway commercial, uh, you know, and other things. So I'm not so sure that they pay any kind of price for this. Uh, I think Rapinoe is also doing a Victoria's Secrets uh, uh Yeah, she's on that new, that new uh, non-whatever, uh, the whole the whole rebranding they're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the whole rebranding. Good, great going, Victoria's Secrets. Um, you know, women want to look at other beautiful women because they want to imagine that they can look like that. I mean, that's the whole point of all this. It's not just men Googling it because men don't go buy the bras and the panties and the, the whatnots. It's women that go buy it. But, you know, we're going to see what happens. Do what you're going to do. I mean, it's your brand to destroy. Um, you know, I actually, JV, I have a recording of what uh, the hammer thrower, uh, what was her first name? Uh, it's Gwen Berry. Gwen. Gwen. So I have a recording of what she said when she was on the podium when it started playing. Did you not hear this? No, I think I'm gonna we play should. It yeah, right. let's hear it. It's what she said. How dare you? She literally said that. <laughs> and she did a great imitation of uh, Greta Thunberg yeah. when she did it. That's really impressive. Here's my take on this. It's nowhere near Jeff or Trish. Um, I would I would drop kick wherever they were at, I would drop kick her out of the team, off the team. I would just walk her to the edge of the property, no, no train, get your own way home. You violated about nine different things in the contract of not protesting and not making a spectacle of yourself. Because I'm sorry, uh, this is not about you, Gwen. It's not about you. It's about America, the idea of America. The Olympics are about countries coming together, putting their political differences aside, and playing on the battlefield of sports. That's what this is about. It's not about you. It's not about your cuss. I mean, she rolled off and did a press interview where she said that that uh, they played the uh, that she doesn't she the the Star Spangled Banner doesn't rep represent her and never has. Then why then why are you trying to get on the Olympic team? The Olympic team is about America, which is a lot of private donations, but there's also a state funded uh, angle to it where, the, where there's taxpayer dollars in there. But you're representing America. If you don't like America. Then go play for Jamaica or uh, or uh, England or Switzerland or uh, uh, Chile or whatever country you want to go to. Wait, I probably need to name Venezuela, Cuba, and China for her because she likes yeah. the communist party routine. But or maybe she should go play for Iraq. Did you know what happened to the Iraqi uh, soccer team that didn't win the uh, Olympic gold when Saddam Hussein was still in power? He killed them all <laughs> because they didn't win. They got killed. Go play for them. I don't. I, I. I'm just. I'm floored by by this 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 narcissism of these act. It's all about me and my cause and my pain and my. No, it's not about you. It's about countries coming together in a peaceful way and hashing out some fun, having some fun on the battlefield of sports and represent your country. And you know what? Here's another thing, JV. I wonder if she's just virtual virtue signaling. I mean, she worked her ass off to get there, even though she won number three, far better than me. But is it possible that she's like, 
in her head, she's like, I can't believe I made it. This is amazing. But I can't say that because I got a virtual signal because I want to go the Carlin Kaepernick route and make a brand for myself so I can get rich off of hating America. Well, I think I think the blue lipstick is going to do that for by itself. And by the way, you're clearly a white supremacist because you said battlefield. Um, one of the oh, things Dan, one of the things Dan Crenshaw said was uh, that it would be similar to expecting someone to, representing the New York Yankees to refuse to wear the pinstripes. And he went on to say, if Barry wishes to compete in the Olympics without the baggage that comes with being being an American, she can apply to do so independently. I'll give you the last word on this particular topic, Trish. Um, yeah, I listen, obviously she's got some problems. I, that, and if she doesn't want to re represent America, that's fine. You know, maybe she should go back to her African roots and go represent her African country. Maybe she should go get dual citizenship and go represent them. But uh, there's part of me that kind of wants her to go and make an idiot of herself so that I can make fun of her even more than I am now. And I think, <laughs> I think, I think one of two things needs to happen. The, the scenario you just described where we can all First of all, she's not going to end up on a podium. That's pretty That's pretty well understood. She's just not going to end up there. But if she does, or if she gets a moment to speak in a public forum while she's at the Olympics, we do hope that she ends up uh, being ridiculed because I, I, you know, I completely disagree with this approach. And if that, if, if that doesn't happen, if she becomes celebrated, I'm going to be angry about it and wish she was off the team prior to that. I do want to move the topic to something else because this is happening and unfolding uh, in front of us. They're calling it a Saigon moment now as Biden feels political heat as the as chaos looms in Afghanistan. President Joe Biden's self-imposed September 11th deadline to unconditionally withdraw U.S. troops from Afghanistan is about three months away, but the political and humanitarian humanitarian fallout from this decision is already rattling his administration. The Taliban have seized dozens of Afghan, Afghan districts amid warnings that the government in Kabul could fall in a matter of months once the U.S. leaves in full. Jeff, uh, you know, a lot of people say that's, you know, we gave them a chance. We supported that government for a lot of years, 20 to be uh, precise. And there's so much corruption in the nation. There's so much inability of, for self-governance governance that we've, we've paid the cost that we're going to pay. And what happens is going to happen. What are your thoughts on this? Well, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I really never wanted to be in the first place. I mean, nobody's ever conquered Afghanistan. It just seems like this has been a problem for the last hundred years or, or whatever. Um, however, yeah, I think uh, withdrawal this fast is not necessary. I think we should have stayed a little bit longer and try to help, you know, maybe send, send some of the guys home, maybe help out the government some more and try to, you know, promote, uh, you know, uh, our, our uh, American ways of life and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, capitalism and, and uh, you know, all the things that we do good. But um, yeah, the only thing is, yeah, this is this isn't any good. And I mean, they're leaving so early. And one thing, one thing I did see a statistic: not one American has died since January 2020. There. Yeah, they've gone over a year without any American soldier deaths. So things seem to have been quieted down with some agreements with the Taliban, which are now all uh, crumbling. Al Qaeda is also regrouping in Afghanistan. Trish, we went in there because that uh, Al Qaeda was being harbored there. Osama bin Laden and his uh, his cronies planned the 9/11 attacks on the U.S. from Afghanistan. That was the point of going in. Did we overstay our welcome? Do you think, or do you think it was our responsibility once we were in there to ma make maintain stability and peace? Well, I think part of the problem is that when we were over there, we weren't actually promoting the peace. We weren't. I mean, I had friends, military contractors, who went over, and they were guarding poppy fields. 
Yep. American tax dollars were paying for that. So we weren't being part of the problem. We weren't being part of the solution. We were being part of the problem. So I, listen, our corrupt government is not going to solve the problem in Afghanistan. We've given them every opportunity. We, I, it, and I'm sorry, but let them do what they're going to do. Bring our boys home. We shouldn't have been there in the first place. We've lost too many already. Britt, I know how you feel about this particular topic. Biden um, says that he will emphasize the need for unity, cohesion, and for the Afghan government to focus on key challenges that Afghanistan faces. Uh, maybe if they were to agree to transgender protection issues and climate change initiatives, maybe he would have stayed. What do you think? So, uh, yeah, maybe. But um, that's really not what uh, Trish just touched on it. We, we as America, we're not getting out. We're just pulling our military out. We're going to backfill with a bunch of contractors, uh, Halliburton-style contractors, uh, Blackwater-type contractors, which, you know, was what we did in Iraq. Our military got out, but, but our government and, their black, and the Pentagon's, you know, uh, black, uh, black hole budgeting, uh, they're funding everything that's going on there, and they're growing the poppies. Like, I mean, it's just like Iran-Contra where, you know, the CIA was running drugs to make money to, you know, it's it, nothing ever changes. And we are truly not getting on. Now, my personal opinion is if we were going to have our military there, we should have, and I'm, I'm fine if they want to reverse this, put our military back in there because we need the rare earths. We need the rare earth minerals. China has the corner on the market on rare earth minerals. Put our militaries in there and take the damn minerals. Let the mining companies go in there, protect them, mine that shit, ship it back to America. God knows those, those hut-living tribes aren't going to do anything with the rare earths, but we're going to leave. China's going to roll in, and they're going to do what we should have done, and they're going to mine the shit out of it and take it to China and then make it into whatever they want and then sell it to us for top dollar. We should just take it ourselves. We should have taken the oil out of Iraq. We should have taken the oil out of Syria. And we should take the minerals out of Afghanistan if we're going to have our military there. And by doing that, we're going to give them stability because the towns will be safer because we're not going to let the, the, the Taliban run amok because we want our mines to mine the rare earths, so that we can be the next, the, the first country that goes off into space to Mars or wherever we're going to go because we need those rare earths. I yield back my What's time. this? Oh, that's your executive order authorizing full use of our nuclear deterrent, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Are you out of your mind? I'm not going to start a war. We're already at war, sir. We have to nuke them. We have to nuke them now. <laughs> Uh, Britt the Hawk. He's the Hawk on occasion. There he is. There he's being the Hawk. Jeff, um, one of the one of the sticking points with all of this is that there are a lot of Afghanis that put it all on the line to help the United States while we were there. They supported. They uh, they did a lot of uh, uh, work behind the scenes for the U.S. military, giving us intelligence. And those folks are all going to be vulnerable. There is a plan to try to re relocate some of these people, potentially thousands or maybe even tens of thousands of individuals and their families uh, to a country outside of Afghanistan so they can complete the visa process to come to the United States. Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, says that we would undertake any relocation in full compliance with U.S. consular law and in full coordination with Congress. Seems kind of interesting. They're, they're willing to use uh, and follow U.S. immigration law when it comes to these Afghans. They don't seem particularly interested in using that same law or following those same laws when it comes to folks coming across the southern border. 
Yeah, absolutely. I don't understand what the difference is. I mean, you, you have to go through the same vetting process to come to the United States, no matter what, where, you, where you're from. But it's OK for everybody to come pouring up through Mexico all day long, hundreds of thousands of people. And then these Afghanis that really, really do need help and need to come to the United States are going to have to go through this whole process. And some of them aren't going to make it here. You know, they're not going to you know, be stand up to, uh, you know, the, the whatever the, the background uh, checks that they do. Well, Brett, we're going to watch it all unfold as the, about half of the troops have already been withdrawn from Afghanistan. And as I mentioned in that report, uh, the Taliban have already overrun about 20 Afghan districts and they expect Kabul to fall to the Taliban within a few months. One thing I will point out in this whole effort is that over the last 20 years, women and minority groups in Afghanistan have made great strides strides mm -hmm. in, uh, in, in establishing and gaining freedoms they didn't have under the Taliban. All of those will be mm -hmm. gone the minute the Taliban takes over. Go ahead, Britt. What do you got? A CNN analyst implies vaccinated people should mask and distance. GOP still is wrong. So this this analyst, Harry, Harry Eaton, who I've heard her before. She's very left-leaning and, and likes to couch things. Uh, very pro-Democrat, very pro-left. But um, Eaton reported 51% of Democrats who are already fully vaccinated said yes. They have socially distanced, and they continue to. Um, but just 31% of Republicans say the same thing. So 51, 31, 48% um, of Democrats who are fully vaccinated say they have, but just, uh, I'm sorry, I missed the line there. Also wearing masks outside of the House. 48% uh, of Democrats say they have after being vaccinated, only 20% of Republicans. So my question, which I'll start with you, Trish, on this. My question is more, it's not necessarily about the poll, but just the difference in mentality is the Democrats are so fearful. And I think it's coming from the media because they don't watch independent media. They only watch corporate media. Um, are, is this a key indicator of how well propaganda works when the media decides to choose a side? Well, I, I think it works well because they only poll 1,001 people. They choose those people very carefully. I love when they say, oh, no, it was random. No, they definitely choose. 90% of the time, those polls are very left-leaning to begin with. So it, you know, it, you're not going to tell me that a poll of 1,000 people can accurately represent 330 million Americans. I'm sorry. Like, it's, it's not going to happen. But I think that the demo, most demo, and I'm not going to try and generalize all Democrats because some of us are not crazy lunatics. Um, that the far leftists do only get their news from CNN, MSNBC, which is just fear porn 24-7 for the last year and a half. So there, I mean, I see people every day, look at Palm Beach County, I see people every day driving in their cars by themselves with their masks on. And I'm like, with the windows rolled down, I'm like, what idiot thinks that that, I, I, you cannot, yeah. you cannot educate the stupid, right? It's like, they are just dumb and there's yeah. nothing I can do about it. Yeah, I, I, a couple of days ago, I was in L.A., and a, a, a single driving lady in the car had the face shield on, had ski goggles on, had the mask on, and had gloves on as she went slow rolling by us. And my son looked at me and, and looked back at her and looked back at me and said, what is that all about? I mean, what is that you, level of fear? Did you see my picture that I posted on Twitter of the woman gassing up her car in front of me with the booties on? And her mask. Oh, that was outside. you. you actually that was photo? me. That was me. I, yeah, oh I, I took it. She had booties yeah, on her feet, but no, but no gloves while she's touching everything. I'm like, wait, wouldn't it have made sense to wear gloves in that sense? But you're outside with your mask on and your booties. 
Yeah, I don't under- guess. So Jeff, so Jeff, how long is it going to take us as a society? This damage that has been done to a large portion of our of our citizens is deep, and it's going to take a lot of therapy. So the the therapist might be a good work to go into. But my question to you, Jeff, is how long is it going to take for us as a society to undo this damage and, and truly go back to normal? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still on that mask topic. It's just like, when do you stop wearing the mask? How many people get vaccinated for people to stop wearing the mask? Isn't it the point of getting vaccinated and not to wear the mask? You know, this makes no sense to me at all. And and, and yeah, I mean, this, this is probably going to take a good 10 years to overturn all this problem. And the other thing like we're seeing now is I think the government, this this wage thing that they've been giving people, Biden, was, I think they're going to become a permanent wage for all the population that, that so they can get more voters. I mean, I don't think that's going to go away. You know, I mean, but I mean, the damage to the, the economy is just, I don't know. It could, I think it's maybe take 10, 15 years. Some of the stuff's never going to come back right. I agree. So, JV, uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, 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 bounce off of something Jeff said. Jeff just said about the wage thing not going away. Um, does it not go away when we actually run out of money and we collapse? I mean, how do we undo that? I mean, are we going to be able to? Well, once you have people addicted to it, it doesn't go away despite the collapse. And that's the problem. It becomes uh, this month. uh, Well, actually, July, I think it is this new child tax credit kicks in and people with children making under not the children making under, but people who are making $100,000 or less, I believe, is the threshold will get uh, something like $250 per child per month directly deposited to their bank bank accounts. Now, once you start, now it's supposed to be for seven months. Once you start that, do you really think they can take it away? What will happen is it'll be extended and then it'll become an election issue because it's not right. We shouldn't be doing that. It'll become an election issue and the Democrats will hammer Republicans and conservatives over the head with it. And this whole universal uh, income is the same thing. Right now it's being called unemployment for a lot of people. Uh, that'll switch. That'll become something else. It'll keep being extended and it'll keep people out of the wor- out of the workforce. I have to back up to something else you said. That article, can you put that article back up that we were just looking at? Um, that we were just now you said Harry and you said Eaton is a she now is Harry Enton the person we're talking about and is that a he or a she who is this person oh um maybe it's a maybe uh why did I think it was a she it doesn't really matter I I just want to make sure we're talking about the same person Terry Enton is the polling analyst here that uh from CNN so I just make sure that's what we're talking about uh you know I'm always a little afraid to assign pronouns to people nowadays I don't want to get canceled okay well like I said I don't give a shit what you think your pronouns are I will call you what I think you should be called because I have that right as well and I will use that right and you call me what you you know the pronouns you feel you want to call me I don't give a shit so the bottom line here is that um you know, as Trish pointed out, you know, it's fear porn. These news channels, CNN, MSNBC, even the three major networks and their news broadcasts, it's all fear porn. It is the effort to get people to be cower in fear in their homes and take orders. That's what they've been doing yep. for the last year. They figured out a way to make it stick because prior to that, there was resistance to that. There's no longer the resistance they used to get, and they're going to be using it for climate change next, so be prepared for that. Uh, they'll be using the yep. same tactics. They're already trying because we're, we're undergoing a heat wave. Yeah, we're, we're breaking heat records. That happens. That's part of the natural cycle of weather, not climate, but weather, and it just happens. So 
they'll be using this stuff. They'll be making people cower, uh, you know, in fear of uh, of the sea level rising, you know, 10 feet and all other things they've been saying, which is just a bunch of hogwash. So I, it doesn't surprise me at all. It's just people have to wake up and realize that it, um, that these so-called experts are none such experts and uh, they really don't know what they're talking about and they're just using it for political advantage right and 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 the uh, fear rage and hate get the most clicks scientifically studied makes the media the most money so that's why they did it's all about the, the sweet cash and making their paychecks especially with the ratings being so low now um okay so i'm going to bounce off of that to uh because this kind of kind of goes together americans continue to move towards socialism so in this article basically just half of younger Americans now hold positive views of capitalism. So if you look down where I have it highlighted, um, and this is more about the, the about GOP, young young Republicans have, uh, this is just 66% of Republicans and GOP leaners age 18 to 34 have a positive view of capitalism, down from 81% in January 2019. Now, my, my question about this is, is I see that. I understand that. I, JV, you and I have had talks because I've kind of gone on some conversation runs about the 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 the, the well the super wealthy, the Bezos level wealthy, Musk, uh, Steyer, Bloomberg, um, and their wealth. I, I can see with the last two years in the lockdown and how you know us the the younger Republicans. I mean, they're clued in more than the younger Democrats. I mean, I was 11 years old watching the news every day. JV, you were 11 years watching the news every day. I mean, we were into it. So younger Republicans are very clued in. And these younger Republicans are seeing that small businesses are getting slammed while the uber-rich just get wealthier and wealthier and wealthier over these last two years. Th this poll doesn't surprise me. So I'm going to go to Trish on this because I just talked to JV. Does this poll surprise you that younger Republicans are going, whoa, what is this? This uber-rich is a problem. Uh, I don't think it does that much. Un I think that there's going to be a swing in the pendulum here pretty soon. I think you're going to see a huge uptick in conservatism coming back because the younger people are starting to wake up. And that's, to be honest, like I, I work with that population and they, they're waking up, they're seeing. And I think that this lockdown really showed them how much power big government has and how they can decide. Your mom and dad's store, nah, it's not important. But Walmart, yeah, they get to make billions and billions. You know, Bezos, Amazon, it's gonna that's gonna take over everything. But your mom and dad, no, their store doesn't count. And it's too bad that they went bankrupt and your dad committed suicide. But hey, you know, it's to save grandma. I think, yeah, I think they're getting smarter. Grandma. Okay. So Jeff, so I'm gonna same subject matter, but a different angle. So these young Republicans, they're watching what's going on. And, you know, family business is going out, big business is booming. But also these uber wealthy, and this is where JV and I tend to go around and around on, these uber wealthy are taking the money they're making and they're just flooding the zone in specific political election areas that they want to control. I mean, like Zuckerberg giving, you know, $500 million into the Georgia election for those two senators. Um, uh, Bloomberg and his anti-gun runs and flooding and paying, paying, for uh, signature signers to put bills on the ballot that are unpopular. And the only reason that they're there is because Bloomberg spent a half a billion dollars paying people to lie to people to get signatures in parking lots. Are the young Republicans seeing that and just thinking that, whoa, this, this uber wealthy is a problem because they're able to 
shape politics in a way that I don't agree with. Yeah, I think that does have something to do with it. Um, I've never understood this whole agenda of these people. Is I guess they want to make their mark on society by spending billions and billions just to try to get somebody else elected or put into a in some kind of legal you know part in the government where they can they can control the government. Um, yeah, it is kind of strange. I mean, why won't you build schools? Why don't you build hotel? I mean, uh, hospitals. Well, why blow your money on that? Help help your community out. You know, and something odd I saw today too as well is is. Um, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, my, um, Microsoft. Uh, Bill Gates. Hey, Bill Gates. Bill Gates owns two hundred and sixty-nine thousand acres of farmland. Why is he buying up all this farmland? So all this kind of stuff is kind of bringing big, big questions, you know, to me as well as to you know what are these people doing with all this money? And maybe there's something a little bit better off we can be doing. There is, but it is their money, and that's what I struggle with in my head, JV. And I'll give you just a chance to, to, to expand on any of the subject matter. But for me personally, I go back and forth in my head. I mean, you the money you want, but I see what they're doing with it. It's like, Jesus, how do we stop this flooding of the political zone? I think this is two different issues. I think that you're right. There is something that has to be done about these billionaires uh, flooding political zones, if you will, use your language. But I don't think that necessarily ties directly to the article that you just showed. And I actually had that article. Uh, I, ha I actually have it here. I was going to talk about it a, a, a couple shows ago. Um, I think what that is, I think that's a result of a couple things. One is the public education system is so far left, it can't help but move even conservative kids toward the center or toward the left. Uh, you know, there's so much indoctrination going on in these schools that it influences uh, both children that are coming from uh, what would be considered liberal families, pulling them further left, and then children that are coming from conservative families, pulling them toward the center. So you've got that effect. Then you've also got the effect that what, the, what these people are seeing after they come out of school and get into the real world, they're watching capitalism. But really what they're watching is a new version of capitalism in which the federal government has its thumb on the scale for certain businesses and certain people. That's not real capitalism. They're already seeing the effects of socialism and calling it capitalism and, and impugning it and criticizing it. If we had true capitalism, if we had the capitalism of the 1980s, say, it would be a completely different world again. And so they're not even being able to judge the truest, and I don't say complete laissez-faire capitalism. There do have to be certain guardrails to keep things honest and fair. However, we are, in so, we are so far past that, we're seeing a version of capitalism that borders uh, you know what, what, what China has for capitalism. And that's part of the problem. When you've got businesses being regulated out of existence, like the coal industry, that's not capitalism. That's something very, very different. And then you've got a lot of single-issue socialists. So you've got people who might be conservative in every aspect of their life, except they believe in climate change, or they believe in abortion rights, or they believe in whatever. Pick, pick a topic. And that one issue guides their politics. So they may identify as saying socialism is a is a better system because that one issue drives them there. So this is a pretty complex thing. I hope Trish is right. I hope this is a pendulum that's going to swing. I do think we've had a, a, a constant creep toward socialism, and we may swing back a little, but it's always you know two step forwards, one step back, and not two steps forward and three steps back, which, which is really what we need.
Yeah, that whole subject matter that uh, L talked about about the Overton window moving, and that we're you know we we look at it as a as a victory getting the Black Lives Matter off of the base uh, the football stuff, but it's already moved. We've already lost, and that's what we're doing. And and hopefully we get more teachers like Trish that will sneak in some conservative stuff and you know uh, teach the kids how it really works. Well, anyway, my students JB. will tell you they already they know my political affiliation simply because I believed in balancing a budget. Wow. <laughs> they, they're like, we don't even have you're to You're radical. Ask. <laughs> radical. How dare you? You need to be. Oh, you know what? Get a. How dare you? And JV, back to you. Uh, thanks. <laughs> I, oh, one more thing I want to mention on the socialism topic. Uh, <coughs> voters, Democrat voters in Buffalo, New York, just voted uh, or defeated the uh, incumbent Democrat mayor in a primary with a socialist candidate. The socialist candidate beat the Democrat candidate. So uh, you know, we've got you know a socialist uh, in the Senate in the form of Bernie Sanders. We've got other socialists in Congress. Now, these are things that when I was a kid growing up, I never thought would be possible in the United States. In fact, if you were labeled a socialist, you had no shot of elected office in this country because people understood what that meant. But as the Soviet Union has collapsed and as socialist systems around the world have collapsed and become less influential and less important, we've forgotten. We've forgotten that lesson of history and we're starting to uh, become, uh, I guess, intoxicated by the allure of what these systems promise, which they never, ever can deliver. All we right. got to pray that moves slow enough that certain areas start to train wreck before the whole country goes that way to correct it. Yeah. Uh, let's move on and talk about this infrastructure deal because uh, Biden and the Democrats in the Senate and the and Nancy Pelosi have just pulled a major bait and switch on the idiot, excuse me, the cuddle muffin Republicans in the Senate who wanted to be moderate and come up with this bipartisan infrastructure deal. And what they ended up getting uh, done to them was they got duped and they will look, they currently look, and they will continue to look like fools because uh, the Democratic leaders are engaging in what is being called a bait and switch deal on this federal infrastructure bill. Biden and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi both effectively reneged on the deal moments or even minutes after it was uh, agreed to. And now they say that they won't enact the compromise package unless a second bill that contains all of the things that the Republicans negotiated out of the bill is uh, put into a reconciliation package that will accompany the first bill. Trish, bait and switch, classic game of a con man. And the Republicans are just too damn stupid to see it coming, we all saw it coming here, but those Republicans, Mitt and Romney and company, too stupid to see it coming and played right into their hands. Yeah, I mean, first of all, just look at the Republicans they have on, on this committee anyway. Romney, Murkowski, Colin, these are not Republicans. These are Democrats pretending to be Republicans. I mean, Mitt Romney is a great example. I mean, he'd run under, what, under whatever party he could to try and get elected. He doesn't care. Um, and they're trying they're trying to play the game. If we pretend and we be friendly, then they'll let us be part of their cool kids club. And listen, it's not going to happen. Like they will never accept Republicans ever. So why they're even pretending that this is a bipartisan project is just it's ridiculous. We all know what was going to happen, but they play the game. 
Well, uh, Biden has since backed off his uh, statement on Thursday of last week when he was talking about this infrastructure deal. He said at that time that he wouldn't sign the compromise bill unless the other bill came in tandem and he would sign both of them at the same time. He's backed off that, although I don't think in theory he thinks any differently. He's just changing his words. But here's what's happening. Meanwhile, Tim Kaine and Democratic senators are working on a four trillion dollar reconciliation package as this part b of infrastructure this thing does everything from uh child care to health care to uh you know name your social project the the green new deal jeff this is a smorgasbord of spending it's an orgy of money in a time when we already have so much debt we're never going to be able to pay it back yeah, that's this is this is preposterous. I mean, when are they going to stop with this spending nonsense? It just doesn't end with these people. And is it that they just? Well, yeah, no, I know it is that they just want to get votes, and that's all they're trying to do. They're not out for what's good for the United States or for the future of the United States. Now that we owe twenty-eight trillion dollars, which is I don't know how long it can take to pay off that five hundred years. Yeah, yeah, I'm so tired of these people with their spending nonsense. Why don't you enact something and actually accomplish something the American people really need? Uh, Britt, some of the things that are being proposed in this $4 trillion package are um, items that were actually rejected by Democrats not too long ago, considered to be counterproductive, wasteful. And then, of course, you've got things like revisiting the idea that brought us Solyndra and other green technologies and just kind of black holes where money was thrown into uh, never to be seen again. Yeah, this is bigger. This is bigger than them just buying votes. This is um this is like agenda 21, agenda 2038, agenda, you know, this is bigger. This is this is World Economic Forum, the world uh the, the Devos people, they they have figured out the only way to knock us down so they can control everything is open the open the floodgates, crash the dollar. Um Wait, just wait, just wait till they uh, replace the dollar uh, for buying oil as the oil reserve. Just wait till that happens and see how fast we turn into Venezuela uh, with our money. Um, this is a big plan with a lot of moving parts, which is why it's so difficult to explain to people for them to get their heads wrapped around it. Uh, you need to you need to do some research. You need to read the agendas. You you need to read the World Economic Forum webpage. You need to read the the stuff out of the UN, the the, the subcommittees that they've had on. You know how they do one world order stuff. I mean, it's all there to read. It is all there. They have told us their plan. You just have to stop being lazy and actually read the stuff. Sadly, they've been going back and scrubbing their websites. Uh, like, uh, like the World Economic Forum has gotten rid of the Great Reset page. It's out there. You, you can hunt it down. You can find a file of it on some obscure web page. But um, they're getting smarter because they've realized that we're smart enough to find the stuff, read it, and then people like us spew. And uh, uh, we wake people up. So, but this is a big deal, and this is their plan. They're gonna, they're, they're purposely just the new thought with the money is just we can print as much as we want. The left has been saying that since the '60s. Just print the money and give it away. Just print the money and give it away because they have no idea that that dollar represents a unit of work that someone does. And when interest rates end up rising, which it looks like they're going to need to rise relatively soon because of this inflation that we're seeing which is not transitory it's actually embedded 
when we see this inflation become persistent and consistent, the Fed is going to have to raise interest rates. And when we start having to service $28.5 trillion or more in debt, when you're actually paying interest on that debt as opposed to 0% rates, then all of a sudden it destroys the federal budget. And that's where we're headed. Trish, I have what might be considered a little bit of good news here. Um, we all know that when uh, Biden was giving his uh, what do we want to call it? Because it certainly wasn't anything intelligible, but series of disjointed remarks on the crime situation, the, the escalating crime crisis in the United States. One of the things he said in talking about the Second Amendment is that we don't need all these guns that can hold 30, 40, 50, even up to hundreds of rounds, unless you think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests or something. And then he went on to address something that a lot of people understand about the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is there to protect us from the tyranny of the government. And he went on to say, if you think you need to have weapons to take on the government, well, you're going to need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. But it turns out a majority of Americans understand that the Second Amendment exists to keep tyranny in check. What do you think? Is that is that encouraging? Yes, it is, because I think a lot of people went, um, hello, let's talk about the Viet Cong then, because they did a whole lot of damage without any nukes and without any F-15s. Um, and we hightailed out of Vietnam and they didn't have all the cool stuff that we did back then. So, yeah, I think... And the and I, I got to give it to Biden. I think he just out he just outdid David Hogg as the NRA salesman of the year because if you you want a poster child for the reason why you should own a gun, it was what Joe what came out of Joe Biden's mouth. That is the reason you should own a gun. Jeff, let's take this to a, 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 a few steps down the road. If if uh, armed American citizens re start resisting a tyrannical government, does that government, the United States government, start nuking American cities? Uh, nuking maybe uh, rural uh, neighborhoods, uh, strafing them with F-15s. I mean, this is kind of a silly argument because that's not how something like this would escalate, I don't think. No, I think, no, it definitely wouldn't be. And I don't, if it ever came down to something like that, the military's not going to, they're not, they're just going to back off. They're not going to come into your mm -hmm. neighborhood and start shooting your ass. I, I don't, I, you know, I don't buy that. And But I still don't like that weird statement that Biden said. Why did he even say that? About the F-15s and like nuking your own country. I mean, what? There's something behind his thought pattern there that he needs to say something like that. And why is that? Brett, uh, Republicans in this particular survey explicitly agree that the founders wanted an armed citizenry uh, to keep potential tyr tyrannical government actions in check. 46% of Democrats agreed with that statement. 58% of un unaffiliated voters also agreed. So with the exception of, of only 46% of Democrats, a majority of unaffiliated voters and a majority of Republicans believe that to be the case as well. Encouraging to you? Well... Six, uh, gun sanctuary movement erupts. 61% of U.S. counties are now Second Amendment sanctuaries. That growth is in the last couple of years. Basically, what that means is you don't need a license to still carry. There's not, it, you can just put your gun on, cover it up, and out the door you go because bearing arms is a constitutional right. And the movement is, is growing, and more counties and more states are, are just making it constitutional carry. It's all legal, and uh, you know, I, I every time I get a paycheck, every time I get paid on a job, I always stop off at the gun store, and I'm always looking for five, five, six, and two, two, three because my AR is chambered in both because I need both rounds because just to make a, a have enough. Um, but it's expensive, 
When I started this little journey, I was paying 57 cents a round. I am now finding it at $1.22 a round. You cannot find it. It's super expensive. Um, and my child wants to go to the range and crank off a couple 500 rounds. He does not realize how expensive that is. Um, so here we are, uh, Joe Biden, you know, selling guns. Um, may, you know, I have enough guns. I'm not buying any more guns. I'm now just on the ammo hunt. Uh, I'm always looking for ammo. Uh, and that's what we have to do. And that's what we need to do. And the movement is growing. I mean, I'm in Southern California and I work in Hollywood, liberal left, whack job left, Hollywood. And my God, are they buying guns? Like I stopped at the gun, sh the, uh, a gun store that's in Hollywood where all the celebrities live and they have nothing on the shelves, just not even guns. And they're telling me that as soon as, a gun, as soon as they get their shipment in, there's people in there buying. And A-listers, uh, big producers, big directors, they're all arming up too. So, um, yeah, this is the way it goes. And uh, you know what? Thank God we have that right here in America because look what's going on in Canada and Australia. They are out of control. Uh, one more thing, uh, Britt, and I'll, I'll give it back to you uh, to comment on this and then uh, offer something that you've got here. But in addition to all of this, a majority of voters agree that stricter enforcement of existing gun control laws would do more to reduce gun violence in America. Now, we, we know that much of the violence that we see in these, these video clips that are splashed up on the news or we're catching on uh, social media, most of those gun crimes are committed by people that illegally have a gun to begin with. So is is that a strong case? Should the existing laws just be enforced? And if they were, we would see a reduction in this crime? But what we need to do, more guns, more guns equals less crime. It's proven every statistic. I'm not, yeah, I'm not arguing that. I'm just curious about whether I, I, we know that the existing laws are not being enforced. Is that making a yeah, difference? They're not. Okay, so yeah, I mean, it would be nice to enforce the existing laws. Um, but again, when you look at those statistics and you take out gang murders, I mean, it drops like 80%. Gang murders are, are, are the problem. And those are all basically with illegal guns. Very, very few gang murders are with legal guns. Could, so we, go, I, could we go as far to say they're illegal guns and in many cases being fueled by illegal immigration across the southern border as well? Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and we, America, we fuel the gun violence down in Mexico. They come up here, they buy the guns here, and they ship them down to Mexico. So, and again, all you got to do is look at Mexico. I mean, they, the citizens aren't allowed to have it, but every cartel does. And that's how you get, you know, 200 people slaughtered in a town because the cartel rolls in and just kills them all. They have no way to defend themselves. Um, yeah, we definitely need uh, not more laws. That is for sure. We need to clean up the rolls. And, you know, bottom line is, uh, you know what? The only laws that, re that, that, that regulate firearms is the Constitution. And, I mean, I have it here. Here it is. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed. I do not understand what is so complicated about this. More guns equals less crime. More guns equals a safer country. I mean, even China said that they can't invade America because there's a, a gun behind every blade of, blade of grass. So it's a good thing. Um, and I'm going to shoot off to China. What do we have? We have nine minutes. We can make this happen. All right. So China compares uh, compares Apple Daily shutdown, which is in Taiwan, to big tech blocking Parler. So uh, this is uh, this is propaganda out of out of China. Beijing puppet government in Hong Kong claimed Apple Daily violated the island's author authoritarian national security law and colluded with foreign powers by quoting Western media sources and supporting human rights sanctions against the Chinese state. 
Next quote, Hong Kong is not a lawless land and press freedom should not be an excuse. No one who violates the law in Hong Kong will go unpunished, the Communist News Service said. So, Trish, we've heard this before. This is exactly what our Democrats said to shut down the dangerous parlor, which turned out to be, it was Facebook that was dangerous because it was all, January 6th was organized on Facebook, not a parlor. But my God, are the, are the Chinese taking talking points from Democrats or were the Democrats taking the talking points from China? I, I'm getting the, the two are blurring so well here. How far down the road are we? I don't think there's much of a distinction at this point between far left policies of the debt of the DNC right now and China. I mean, and that's, you know, I, I often giggle because I will agree with Putin on many of the things that he brings up. And I'm like, oh my God, what world am I living in that I can now agree with Vladimir Putin, KGB extraordinaire, over my own government? This is so bizarre. Like where we are living in the twilight zone where the American Democratic Party that is supposed to be for the people, for the common man, is now paralleling communist China. I, yeah, I, I, I sometimes just have to be like, what is like, what drugs am I on? What are they putting in the water? Because yeah, no shit. So I, I want to take. The, please give me the blue pill and put me back in the pod. Just put me back in the pod because this is way too weird for me. Uh, so Jeff, so here's the second half of this uh, communist state-run propaganda. Chinese state media on Friday claimed the destruction of pro-democracy uh, newspaper Apple Daily in Hong Kong was no different than American tech companies colluding to shut down the social media platform Parler. Next quote. An, uh, an editorial at Chinese state-run Global Times hit the same talking points wondering how any American official, politician, could criticize the crackdown on Apple Daily after what big tech did to the upstart social media platform Parler in 2020 because the Democratic the Democratic politicians and some Republican politicians basically did not want to challenge big tech on going after Parler. So my question to you, Jeff, is was this is this was this China saying that our politicians are in bed with big tech and basically the politicians are uh, 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 hand, uh, farming out censoring to big tech because under the government we have the constitution, but big tech does not. Yeah, pretty much. It's there's. I mean, I can't. I can't argue with them there. I mean, that you know, we did this. Well, not we didn't do it, but the tech did, did the same thing to our government that that China's doing to that uh, Apple Apple newspaper or magazine or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of kind of creepy. I mean, it's like like you guys are saying. It's like I don't. I can't believe what when I woke up and all of a sudden the world ended up like this. It's getting really crazy. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean. Yeah, th this is nutty, man. I can't even believe this is ever. This could even happen. Yeah, it's crazy that this is America. JV, uh, you can comment comment on either or or none and take us out of here. Well, I just got to say say this: um, whoever the communist Chinese spokesperson or whatever uh, writer wrote that, they're absolutely one hundred percent correct. And that's what makes what happened to Parler and what's happening to all these other conservative voices throughout social media so egregious. They are doing exactly what the Chinese are doing to uh, dissonant voices throughout China and Hong Kong. It's exactly the same thing. So China is absolutely right. And that's what that's why we have to stop this here, because we are not. The, the Chinese Communist Party, and we shouldn't be doing things that they are doing, especially to uh, to their media and and uh, and and their citizens. 
especially as it relates to free speech. So I don't know what else to say. I do know that the, the Chinese have become masters at using our own wokeness against us. They are doing oh it in a way that uh, they should win You know, some kind of, I don't know what award would be appropriate for that. It seems like any of the awards that are given these days relate to something like that. But they are, have become masters at using our wokeness against us. So um, I don't really have, we don't have time to really start anything else. I do want to mention we've had a bunch of people in and out of our Twitch stream. Thank you for doing that. Please follow the Twitch channel. Again, you know, we've, we're trying to create some redundancy here. When, when and if uh, we have some type of throttling or uh, even worse, you know, some type of suspension or something on a, any given channel, we've got other channels that we can go to. That includes our podcast version of the show, which you can find on all major podcast platforms. And, uh, and we encourage you to subscribe to all that. So follow, subscribe, do it all, do everything you have to do. Thank you to everybody in our chat rooms, by the way. I love trying to read these comments as the show is going on. I don't often get uh, get to be able to read them all because they seem to uh, flow through the chat room awfully quickly. But uh, thank you for being there and thank you for engaging in the in the topics uh, in both of the chat rooms. Trish, anything? Where where can people follow you on Twitter and stuff? Oh, I am Vixen ninety five Trish. Um, on Twitter, please feel free to uh, follow me. I don't. I, I'm. I don't have a lot of interesting things to say most of the time. Usually, I just enjoy trolling trolls. So that's kind of my thing. <laughs> trolling Je- trolls. And Jeff Macarena King, you're going to be heading uh, north. <laughs> you're going to be heading yeah, north. Yeah, the Macarena King. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're going to be heading north right along here, and you're going to actually uh, one of those nights that you're up here, you'll do an in in studio uh, appearance on the show. So we're looking forward to that too. It's a long drive for you, but uh, look forward to having you up here in the uh, uh, the People's Republic of New York. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Yeah, it should be great. Britt, anything else we got to remind people of? Uh, did you do the Roku? Uh, no, but I, I no, but you can do the Roku thing if you want to. Yeah. Oh, Roku. I'm sorry, Roku. God, in my head, I was going, fuck, is it Roku or is it Roku? Is it Every Roku? Is it time Roku? you say it, we have to do this. Every single time. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, we're on Roku now, people. So if, if you're laying in bed and you want to watch this, you can do that via the Roku app. Uh, it's kind of crazy to see our logo right next to Fox News and Newsmax and OANN and yada, yada, yada. So there's that. And then, yeah, please, please. And for those that are listening audio-wise, if, even if you don't want to watch on YouTube, can you please go like it? Just like it. We need the numbers. It helps us. It helps uh, It helps deal with the algorithm that suppresses us because we are throttled like, uh, like I don't know. I can't even say how tight the hole is for us to try to get through. But it's bad. And And if you share the show, that helps a lot too. Please share the show. Yes, please do that. Uh, Once again, we will be back Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Thanks for joining us. It's the Independence Game.